what's up, Bridge Youth? How are you feeling tonight? You guys good? Look at your neighbor and say, you look good. Hey, who, who, uh, who thinks they would kill it at that music trivia game? Who thinks they'd be great? We were thinking about doing like a whole series like of that on like Instagram stories, pre-service, do like do a whole competition, figure out who seriously knows their music good and then do like a big finals like on stage. So maybe we'll still do that. I think it'll be fun. I'm a bit of a music connoisseur. So I've, other than country, country sucks. And I will never... <laughs> ever back down from that. Hey, um, let me just say before we jump in, before I introduce this uh, good-looking fella on my right and your left, um, let me just say, hey, thanks so much for coming and hanging out with us tonight. Maybe you're brand new. Maybe this is your first time here. Maybe it's your first time joining us online. We just want to say thank you for choosing to spend some of your time with us. We like welcoming our guests by saying we're here to build you up, not beat you up. Yeah, we love you. We back you. Hey, who's been enjoying this series, Life Lessons? Dude, it's been such an awesome series. I'm really stoked for next week. I'll be back, as they say, behind the pulpit. I don't preach from a pulpit. I preach from a table. Um, but I'll be preaching next week in a new series, and we will have a small gift for everybody who comes and hangs out. So you don't want to miss next week. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, but this series, we've really just wanted a couple things. Through this series, we've really wanted to accomplish just a couple things. We've wanted to accomplish, number one, you realizing you have a story and your story matters, so you should share it. As you've noticed probably that every single person's story, testimonies, and the life lessons they've shared have been different. And you have some life lessons and a story that nobody else has, so you should share it. Maybe that won't be from a platform that's like a stage, but maybe it's a different type of platform. Like maybe it's social media or maybe it's with some friends or maybe it's at, you know, a Christian club at your school, which we're probably on your school campuses doing clubs. So we want you to share your story. And then also we just want you to kind of lean in, get, get encouraged by some people's story, but also learn some lessons from their lives as well. <clears throat> so before we jump into it, uh, let's pray real quick. God, you're good. Thank you so much that tonight you're going to speak to us. God, I pray that you would come, do what only you can do. God, I pray through both, both of our speakers tonight, God, that you would just work, that you would encourage us, that you would challenge us. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together and welcome Kai Burleson. Howdy. Kai, how old are you? 15 years old. 15 years old. All right, Kai, um, if you could go on vacation anywhere in the whole world, money's not, not an issue, where are you going on vacation? Swiss Alps. Swiss Alps. Yeah. Would anybody else in the room say Swiss Alps? Yeah, Swiss Alps of everywhere in the whole world. That's so sick. Okay, um, <clears throat> other than worship, what is your go-to genre of music? Um, probably either country or like old school rap. Boo. Uh, country is great. You're just not listening to the right artists. Maybe that's it. That's what everybody says. Yeah. All right. Send me some artists. You know what? You know what? uh, I'll tell you there is one country song that I like. Not one. There's a couple that I like. But, um, it's not even really country. It's, it's folk. It's folk music, really. But it's that like some, uh, something in the orange. By, I don't know Zach Bryan. Zach Bryan. Dude, I love depressing music. Yeah. And that song is so sad. Zach uh, Bryan's good. Morgan Wallen sucks. Oh! Morgan Wallen sucks. 
Zach, Zach Bryan's great. Is he? All right. He is. All he's right. good. Sick. Morgan Wallen's overrated. Sick. Okay. Okay. Um, well, I met, uh, I met Kai, I mean, what, what would it have been? Maybe a year and a half ago? Yeah, just about. Yeah, about a year and a half, maybe two years ago. And the first thing I noticed was just like, Kai, Kai's just so much fun to be around. Even in our pre-service uh, team meeting, Kai serves on our team. He helps to like, um, he helps in just making Bridge Youth happen. And he's always jumping in somewhere, making stuff happen, which is super, super cool. Um, but even in our pre-service meeting, he walks in, I'm like, what's up, preacher man? Like, you ready to preach tonight? He's like, yeah, am I ever? So I bought this thing that's like, what is it? Oh, it's a boxing, like, head strap thing. Yeah. It has a ball. And he's like, so it's like, you know, I'm just punching it all day, dude. It was so fun. Now I'm ready to preach, dude. Like, yeah, that's dude. That's awesome. Like, he just loves life. He's so fun to be around. He loves life. And then I quickly came to realize that this dude loves the Lord. He loves Jesus. He's passionate about his relationship with God. And um, I really think, like, just in the, in the handful of moments that we've had together hanging out, I really just felt like, man, I would love for our students to hear a bit of your story and what you've learned in your walk of faith. So let's jump right into it, Kai. Uh, what is the testimony, the story, and the life lesson that you want to share with us? Uh, where you spend your time matters the most, I'd say. That's great. Yeah. yeah. I'm really stoked. Where you spend your time matters most. Where you spend your time, show me where you spend your time, show me where you spend your money, and I'll share with you what matters the most. Uh, so, so share with us just a little bit about, like, I know we talked a lot about, I'll let you tell them what your big passion in life, other than God, is, and share with us just a little bit about the lessons that you've learned paralleling your faith and, and your big passion. Yeah, so uh, I'm 15 years old, racing mountain bikes downhill professionally. Uh, it's been pretty good. Have some crashes every now and again, as long as, uh, or not as long, but the same as you would have in your faith. Not everything's going to be great on cloud nine, but uh, yeah, it's been good. Racing mountain bikes every day. Yeah. Uh, I've, you've sent me some videos and stuff of you falling and whatnot, and it is, it is funny. It's funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> funny. That's the word. It's terrifying, dude. Have you guys ever watched, like, have you, ever, have you guys ever seen, like, the Red Bull videos or something of somebody, like, mountain biking, like, straight down the side of a mountain? That is what this dude does. Like, it's absolutely crazy. Um, so uh, share with us just a little bit about how, you know, the, the way in which, because you were sharing with me about some of what you've done recently is, like, it's, it's wild in, like, you couldn't have imagined yourself doing some of the trails and the things that you've, you've done recently, even just a year, two years ago, and yeah. the way that that paralleled with your faith. Yeah, it's been pretty funny, honestly. Like, last year, thinking about what I've been doing now is just mind-blowing. Like, I can't even come to words, honestly, about how great this year's been and just everything that's happened and all the friendships I've made and all the families and sponsors that have been helping me out. But then also not even just like, yes, racing's on the outside, but on the inside, just like how much my faith has grown. Like awesome. never thought a year ago that I'd be up here on a platform preaching. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. That is, that's awesome, man. Yeah. I know that there, for some of you, one of, the, one of the biggest reasons we love putting students up on the stage is so that you see, like as a student, hopefully you would see yourself in people like Kai or people like uh, uh, Last week was Riley. Yes, was last week Riley? 
Carlos. Last week was Carlos. Riley was the week before. And then week one was our boy Grayson. Um, what happened to your leg, Grayson? Oh, gosh. Glad I didn't pick you up in fantasy football. <laughs> and, man, we just can't, we'll have to get you up here and share the rest of your testimony now because you tore your ACL. ACL or MCL? A. Which one's better? I guess they're both bad, huh? Neither is good. We'll pray for you, believe for healing, and that surgery will work, man, in Jesus' name. Um, but one of our hopes is that, like, I, I think that so often you might see me, Pastor Amber, our leaders, the people who lead, and what you'll, honestly, what some of us will do automatically is we'll disassociate ourselves with the person on stage because we're not in the same age and stage of life as them. And so as Kai just shared, there are things like mountain biking because trust me, like some of the things that he's sent is like, that is terrifying. If you want to see some crashes, if you want to see some of his videos of like the things he's done, either follow him on Instagram or just come talk to him after service. He keeps them on deck and he'll show you right away, man. It's wild. Um, but but uh, uh, him not really like not just in biking, but in like, I couldn't have imagined, like he said, I couldn't have imagined a year and a half ago, I'd be on a platform in front of all of Bridge Youth sharing my testimony and speaking. And for some of you, you can't even imagine how God will use you. So I want to encourage you in, have your heart completely open to what it is that God wants to do in and through your life. Because maybe you can't imagine yourself doing it right now. Kai, as we were talking, he was like, there are trails that I've done in the last few months that a year ago would have just terrified me. And then he was like, getting up on a platform in front of Bridge Youth and sharing my faith even a year ago, might have, it, it would have terrified me. But now I feel like I'm ready for stuff like this because I put in the preparation and, and I've walked with God. Not that I've been perfect, just like in mountain biking, I'm not perfect, but I know that God can use me because I've prepared. Let's talk about that not being perfect. Well, I know we talked when we, when we hung out about the idea of falling. Talk to us about falling, both mountain biking and in your faith. Yeah, so falling, not the best thing, not the fun thing. Show them your arm, the scar that's coming together. Cool. Pretty good one. Then I have a lot. Yeah, they're pretty good. I like to show them off. They're nice. Sick. Yeah. <laughs> Kai's but. such a man's man. I love it. Yeah. And then you were, you're sharing with me about how that parallels in some of your faith and what God's taught you through mountain biking that parallels your faith with falling and stuff. Yeah, so in your faith, not everything's going to be great. But yeah. the number one thing to know is God's always with you no matter what happens, yeah. right. no matter, like, the sin you've fallen into, no matter the hardships your families have fallen into, mm -hmm. nothing. Honestly, God will be with you 110% of the way. Yeah, that's so great. And I think, too, like, your lesson about time is one of the things that's, like, so important when it comes to the idea of falling or failing, is that like when you, when you fall, when you fail, when you mess up, when like something goes wrong, it's like so much of us, what we begin to do is we, we run from God and then he gets no more of our time. Imagine if the first time you fell on your bike, you said, I will never again commit any time to that. Well, like so much of what you've accomplished in the last few months never would have happened because you ran from that, which you, just because you fell. Like you ran from something you're so passionate about. We say this around here all the time. We say uh, it's not about perfection, it's about progression. See, falling is just an opportunity to learn, just like it is in biking. Falling is an opportunity to learn. As me and Kai were talking in my office about his message, one of the things I asked him, I said, hey, Kai, so when you fall down, like your trainer, I know that your dad does, uh, helps you a ton with your training and stuff, your trainer, your team, the people around you, as soon as you fall, 
Do they like run up to you and go, Kai, you stupid idiot. Why would you fall, you dummy? Like, how do they respond? Uh, only my friends do that. But <laughs> <laughs> you need but, new uh, friends. <laughs> only, only my close friends <laughs> that I'll do the same exact thing back. Yeah, yeah. But all the parents walk Boys. up to you, they'll be like, oh, whoa, 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 concussion protocol, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah. Like uh, last year, I had a pretty gnarly crash, and they tried to get me down on a stretcher. Wow. But I uh, was not feeling that because if my dad saw me go down in a stretcher, he wouldn't. Eh, he probably would have let me race, but I would yeah. not have been stoked. What about your mom? How does she feel about it? No, oh, my mom can't even watch me race. <laughs> She's scared. Yeah. yeah. So similarly, share with us, when, when you fall, because here's the thing, no one's going to be perfect. Like, people go, I don't, I don't want to go to church because there's hypocrites there. Okay, that's like saying, I don't want to go to the gym because there's fat people there. Like, <laughs> bro. <laughs> All right. <laughs> like, that's the stupidest logic possible, you know? Like, like we're all a work in progress. We're all we're all moving forward. We all we all have got something that we need to shape up in and we need to mold and we and thank God for his grace, man. Like thank God that he sent Jesus. Thank God that because he sent Jesus and what Jesus did for us on the cross that we don't have to be perfect, but we should be progressing. So Kai, share with us like similarly is when you fall on a trail or a track and the first thing, hey, concussion protocol, like, are you okay? Are you doing all right? Do we need to take you down on a stretcher? The first thing your team does is make sure that you're okay. Then, like, share with us what it was like when you've fallen in your faith. How, do, how have you felt God respond to you in that? Uh, yeah, so following my faith, obviously quite a lot as everyone does. Yeah. But uh, for me, it's always been you guys, the Bridge Youth family, Shout out to everyone on the youth yeah. team. All great people. Uh, but, yeah, just honestly sending them, like, sending me your way or sending you my way, vice versa. Yeah. But just having you guys to talk to about everything because I'm a pretty vocal person. Yeah. So I like to talk things out. Love it. But, yeah, honestly, just having, like, the lunch conversations with you yeah. and everything. And Epic even just, wings. like, yeah. And even just, like, worship music, like, Yes, it's something that you do to worship God at church, but it also has such a deeper meaning to that, especially yeah. if you really press in. That's great. So, yeah. Yeah, so I challenge you, things. press in tonight. See, what, what, Kai just, what Kai just, like, leaned into is, like, huge because it's probably polar opposite to the overly religious mentality that you've had in your approach to God. That was a lot of, like, philosophical big words for you. Some of you, some of you think about it wrong. That's what I'm trying to say. Here's how you think about God. You think about God the same way that a lot of us think about dad. When mom says, just wait till your father gets home, it's like, oh, my gosh. Like, I would go and, like, I would put on, like, four pairs of basketball pants under my pants because I knew I was getting whooped. You know, like, it was game over, right? And what you think is, I've messed up, so God just wants to punish me. Please hear from Kai and learn from his life lesson that when you mess up, Run to God, not from him. When you fall, when you fail, yes, even when you sin, go and spend time with your Savior. When you're drowning in the ocean, who do you call for? The lifeguard. And when the lifeguard starts swimming out to save you, you don't swim away from them. You swim towards them. It's the same thing when you're drowning in sin, when you've messed up. You turn to your Savior. You run to God, not from God, and you keep on moving forward. 
See, I think that for some of us, the fact that we're not perfect is the reason that we think that God can't use us. But here's Kai sharing with you, I'm not perfect. Now you get a front row seat to see God use him. Now share with us, Kai, that last little bit before our, our next question. Um, where we talked about uh, there might be some amazing things that people are, are, are getting called to, and often that can intimidate us. So um, when God called you, kind of what did that look like? What did God, when God was like, hey, I want to use your life, like, share with us what that looked like and how you responded. Uh, yeah, it was pretty crazy. Honestly, it took me a day to think about, like, even just coming up here. Yeah. Because, like, I like to keep more personal about stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, obviously, I put racing and everything out there. But yeah. my faith more, like, personal and, like, with Bridge Youth and stuff. Yeah. But I do post it a little bit here and there. I love it. But, yeah, honestly, it was crazy because, like, God being so great and so big, like, it can be so intimidating. Yeah. But, yeah, he loves you so much that you know you'll never fail, fail when you're on his side. Yeah. And, honestly, just having him to always be there for you mm -hmm. and having him being so great call you to yeah. do something great through him awesome. is honestly just great. Yeah. yeah. I love, too, that, that, like, your first response when God, like, started calling you, using you, was like, I think of, uh, we talked about this a little bit. Like, when God called Moses, Moses did what all of us do, right? Ah, uh, no, 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 not, not me. Like, I can't, Moses. And like, look, like, even if you didn't grow up in church, like, most of us know the story of Moses. And Moses is like, God, you can't use me. You can't use me. No way can you use me. And God's like, I want to use you. He's like, I don't know how. I don't know how in the world you use me. And then God goes, what's that in your hand? And Moses at the time was a shepherd, and he was holding a, sh a shepherd's staff. Like, God will just go, with you, Kai, it was like, all right, God, like, I, I, don't, I don't know how you're going to do it, but if you want to use me, use me. I just, I don't, I don't really quite know how. And then God goes, what's that in your hand? And you're like, do some handlebars. <laughs> and you shared with me at, like, every race, the moments you have, the opportunities, when you, when you praise God for, like, Things like, like races that you win, races that you just finish and you didn't die, you know? Like moments where you have time to share your faith with people you pray with and all of that. I feel like so often, you guys, we just seem to overcomplicate it. Like God wants to use you and probably what he'll do is ask, what, what's already in your hands, you know? Um, talk, talk through us uh, real quick. How do you get ready for a race and how is that parallel getting ready for uh, you being used by God? You're sharing with me a little bit about track study. Uh, yeah, so first day, you always walk the track. Luckily, this weekend, uh, I just got back from Vermont, which is a pretty much the biggest race of the year, and I got to track walk with Greg Menard. You guys probably don't know him, but he's, like, the most winningest racer really? in all of downhill history, so that was pretty cool. Got some good Same. lines. Yeah. Yeah, but honestly, just studying the trail and know what you have in front of you before you go out and practice, but even... Yeah. If I don't have the time, like, just because of plane delays and stuff. Yeah. Don't ever fly red eyes, by the way. It <laughs> sucks so bad. Amen. But, yeah, just, like, not having the time to walk the track, having, like, your friends and everybody there huh. that you can follow down the track the first time or even looking at pictures and stuff. Yeah. And with your faith, it's pretty similar because, like, you can't just go into it, like, oh, whoop-de-doo, I know everything, huh. blah, 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 because you really don't. Yeah. Hard for me to learn because mm. I think I know everything. Right. But, uh, That's yeah. That's so good. And honestly, like, kind of going back to what Riley said, like, 
or actually, well, yeah. So having me, having like all my friends that I can follow down the track yeah. and I can learn from them, but at some point I have to develop my own lines. I can't just follow them the whole way. Yep. And even in your faith, like, yeah, you come to Bridge Youth and like you can have, you can learn from Pastor Corey, mm-hmm. Pastor Amber, and all of these amazing youth leaders, but you can't just try to follow in their footsteps for so long. You have to find your own way. So good. Just keep, just keep, just tell them again, Kai. Just need to hear it. No, okay. (laughs) He's like, all right. Dude, that, that really is so good because now what I love about the idea of studying a track is, um, before you ever jump on your bike and start bombing this hill, You've walked the hill. You've looked at every turn and every drop and every jump and every everything. It's like there's that one tree. You sent me the one video of you just, boom, crashing right into a tree. It's like, gosh, tree one, Kai zero. Uh, but, like, you study out every bit of it, right? Like, and it's this sort of, like, solitude in the secret, quiet place where you've figured out this is how I'm going to run this, well, ride this race. And then... I feel like in so many ways, Kai, what you're doing right now, sitting in front of 250 people and our 4 billion subscribers on YouTube, um, I, <laughs> I feel like what you're doing right now is just what you've done a million times because I, we've talked, we've hung out. I see your stories. I see you on Instagram. I know you personally. And I know that talking to God, studying his word, worship, it's all things that you do in the quiet place, in the secret place, on your own. You have a personal relationship with God. So when it's, when it's time to, to really get into the race, it ain't, it ain't anything new yeah, to you. Yeah, you're all and prepared. I love that. I love that, man. Um, what would you want to leave us with? Uh, actually, before we do that, yeah. uh, I'd like to go into something that we didn't really talk about. Totally. But having the track change so much as it does during a race weekend, you'll have gnarly rain pours and everything. Yeah. That'll just change up everything, and that's kind of like the devil, hmm. kind of changing up, trying yeah, to change is. up your path. Yeah. And you just can't, like, you have to stick to your lines and stick to everything, and you have to be confident in yourself and God through your journey Mm -hmm. and just kind of like sticking through with it all because if you don't stick to your lines in the mud, you're going down. Yeah. So, so when it, when it rains, when storms come, when the, when everything, when like the elements then hit the track like that, that makes racing harder. Oh yeah. Yeah. But it probably is really just going right back to all the instincts you have, the training you have, the time you've put in, keyword time you've put in, Yeah. right? Because then when, when everything goes, that's why I love the song Firm Foundation. The bridge says, Rains, the, the rain came, winds blew, but my house was built on you. Well, that's the like, dude, like building a house takes time. It takes time. So when the rains and the storms and everything come, well, I've already studied the track, not me, you. I've already studied the track. I've already put in the practice. I've, I've been about this. So now that the rain's come, does it change up the race a little bit? Yeah. Does it make it a little tough? Sure. Is it difficult? Okay. Did I expect it? Not really. But Makes you know what? This don't change anything. Fun. Yeah. Well, and dude, there's a way to look at it, right? Like, like faith, faith can be a lot of fun because it's an opportunity for God to show up. A muddy track and a storm that wasn't expected 
you can sit there and cry about it like the whole world wants you to. This is something I love about Kai. Kai's not like, how do I say this, where somebody doesn't get offended because, you know, everybody's offended about everything nowadays. And you know what happens when you're offended? Nothing. Nothing happens when you're offended at all. Christians should be the least offendable, offend, offendable people, by the way. Um, but, like, Kai, I love, I love that Kai's not a sissy. So when a storm comes and the track's all messed up and it's not the race that he expected, it's like, it'll make it even more fun. When storms come into your life, life lesson from Kai. We didn't, this is the part that we didn't discuss, but this is, this is probably God wanting to speak something to you. When the storms come, when the track and the path and, and the roads you're walking gets a bit bumpier, have some fun with it because it's just all the more opportunity for God to get glory through your story and through your testimony and through your situation. So, Kai, what would you want to leave us with? Uh, commit and take your next step. Great, dude. That's so good. Commit and take your next step. Close us out with, like, that idea of um, uh, who, okay, who's ever ridden a bike? Who's ever clipped into a bike? <laughs> yeah, there we go. That's exactly the response that we thought we would get. Kai, talk us through what it means to clip in. Yeah, so uh, clipping into your bike, you're pretty much one with your bike at that point. Yeah. It's not the easiest to get out. For the people who have no clue what we're talking about, how do you clip into a bike? Uh, well, pretty much you just stomp your foot in, Yep. and then you can't pull up or, like, pull back or anything. You have to twist out. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, Essentially, you have a locking mechanism on a special type of shoe that locks into your pedals, so you're stuck on your bike. Uh, that's not how you pedal a bike, but anyways, <laughs> you're stuck on your bike. <laughs> yeah, so talk us through that, because like, that was such a cool analogy that you shared with me in terms of commitment. Yeah, so being committed, always, like you can't just go into a track yeah. and be half in or half out. You have to be fully in it yep. for the long haul. And honestly, just being committed to that next jump, that next rock section, yeah. that next leap in your faith, it all, it's all intertwined. Yeah, that's so good. You sent me a picture of your last fall. Well, he sent me a video, a slow-mo, the full, the full speed one. And then he sent me a picture, like a, a, a freeze frame. And because he was clipped in, he had fallen. And I'm not kidding you when I say he's upside down on his neck, but his bike is over his head because his feet were still clipped in. So, like, when you, when you clip into a bike, it's like there is no just, like, if you go down on that thing, the whole bike is going with you. And it takes this level of commitment to, like, be, see, and this is, how, this is how we saw it. There's a lot of you when it comes to faith. You've, you've hopped on the bike, but you've not clipped in. There's a lot of you. You're kind of along for the ride, but you're not committed yet. And right back to Kai's life lesson, what's the best way to commit? Time. time yeah. It's time. 100%. Where you spend your time is what matters to you most. Any, any last names before we pray? Uh, do we have a picture of it? The, no, I don't, know, I don't know that we do. Did we, did we send you the picture? No, we didn't. We'll, we'll work on getting the picture and we'll put it up after service. Right. It's hilarious, dude. He's literally just on his neck. It's so funny. So rad. Hey, Kai, thank you for sharing your story. What we're going to do is I want you to pray because here's what I think. I think that there's some people in the room, maybe even watching online, who like they want to commit, but maybe they don't know what their next steps are. When God calls you to commit, when God calls you to something, he's not going to 
tell you about the next 6,000 steps. He's going to tell you the next one or two steps. And all you got to do is be faithful to those steps. And most likely those steps will look like committing time. So why don't you pray for people to be, for God to reveal to them what their next steps are and that they would commit and go all in. Yeah, let's pray. Lord, I just want to start this prayer off by thanking you for everything that you've done for all of us in this room. Jesus, I thank you for everything that you do in my life, especially in in the Bridge Youth. And Lord, I thank you for everything that you do, just even when people don't see it. But Lord, I also just pray that you just give the students in this room tonight the courage to commit into their their faith and full-on send it. And Lord, I thank you for everything, honestly. Like, I just can't give enough gratitude towards you. And in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. Hey, can you join me in thanking Kai Burleson? Good stuff, dude. Man, I, there's, there's nothing in the world like seeing a young person who's just like, man, I, I want to commit my faith to God. I believe that tonight when we move into a moment of response in a few minutes that God will begin to show you what those next steps of faith are. You just have to commit to taking those steps. Because like Kyle was talking about a minute ago, Riley talked about this a few weeks ago, nobody can take those steps for you. Amen? Hey, one more story tonight. Um, would you guys, uh, you guys, the, the person who's about to hop up on stage, she's not just my wife. As much as I'm your youth pastor, she's your youth pastor. We together are the next-gen pastors. We oversee young adults, youth ministry, and kids ministry. We get to do this together. Um, she's, she's passionate. She's feisty. She's got attitude sometimes. Um, she's the most generous, amazing, like, beautiful in every way person. And her story is incredible. Being married to her, I've gotten to hear so much of her story. I know every bit of every piece of it, and I think that there's a lot of you, not only that don't know her story, but many of you who would be very, very surprised at her story. So lean in, get ready to take some notes. Do me a favor. Would you put your hands together and welcome to the stage your youth pastor, Pastor Amber White. The one, the only, the woman, the myth, the legend, the one without which I would starve to death. My life would be in disorder. That is true. Ooh, coming in hot. Sorry, guys. We've made a uh, we've we've made a deal. I feel like you're so far away from Am me. Am I? Scoot okay. in. We can scoot in. Come on, get closer. <laughs> get your butt over here. <laughs> okay. Come here. You want to just share the same? You want to just share a seat? No, we okay. won't share a seat. <laughs> you want to sit on my lap? Wait, never mind. <laughs> All right, to the message we go. <laughs> wow. Just embarrassed yeah. me, man. Hey, this is a, here's a life lesson. Marry your best friend, man. It'll always be fun. It'll never stop being fun. It's true. I live to scare the crap out of Amber all the time. The amount of corners I hide behind. Yeah. Dude, so many times I've, like, just, like, jumped ah! and just scare her. Dude, I it's we're both, like, we love music so much. Like, the only things I think we really agree on is Jesus and music. Um So we're always listening to music. We're always going to concerts. We're always going to shows. It's so rare that we'll be in the car and there won't be music playing. Once in a blue moon, when there's no music on and we're just sitting in the car quiet, I don't know why. It's like when 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 your toxic thoughts get the best of you, my favorite thing to do is in the dead silence, just go. 
nah, and just scare the heck out of her. And every time, fumbles her phone, she's like, Corey, one day you're going to kill me. And yeah, I'm going to have a heart attack. And, and you be will be widowed. For, is widowed the one for a guy? Widower. Widower. But wait, you're still widowed, right? Yeah, I don't know. So, and you'll be single. And she goes, and you'll have to be single the rest of your life. Because if you try to remarry, I'll haunt you. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, that's biblical. Yeah, right? Not at all. Uh, but hey, neither is horoscopes. And they still listen to that crap. Oh, please. <laughs> Don't get uh, me started. We're going to talk about that next month, actually, and how we foolish are. it is. Amber, country music or no country music? No country music. Yes! But That's my girl. I will say, and I think I've said this before at Bridge Youth, I respect it. It's just not for me, and that's okay. All right. Amen. And that's, that's where Jesus I stand. Name. Amber, <laughs> if, you could, if we could go on, if you and I, you have to take me with you. If you could go on any vacation in the whole world right now, where would you go? Right back to England. All right. <laughs> No, actually, I want to do Scotland, I want to do Ireland, and I want to do, like, a little more of Wales. Like, we were right at the border of Wales when we yeah. went. So, I just love the UK. I think it's sick. Dude, this <laughs> is what I'm telling you when I say polar opposite. I like the cold. I want, dude, I, like cold. I want Hawaii, Fiji, Tahiti. I want, dude, I want paradise. I want tropical. I want, I want it to be 85 degrees outside and 75 degrees in the ocean. I want to snorkel and surf and hike. Wherever I go on vacation, I want to get off the plane. I want to remove my shirt and not put it back on until I'm going back home. Like, that's what I want. I want flip-flops and a Jeep with an open top. That's what I want. And she wants old and cold. Yeah. I did like Hawaii. When we went to the oh, island of Kauai... So it was like incredible, a dream, like dude. insane. It felt like a movie. So yeah. it's beautiful, but I definitely prefer old and cold. So like, you know, take me to Oxford. Like yes, I do. I want to go all over. Nerd. Yeah, there's. A, don't get me started. This could just take up way too much time talking about it. Uh, <laughs> all right, uh, uh, speed round of questions get, so that people yeah. get to know you. Uh, hot or cold? Cold. Day or night? Cold. Wait, I'm sorry. Day or night? <laughs> Sorry, hot or cold? I was so cold. 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 Day or night? Cold. Night. <laughs> Iced or hot? Night. <laughs> Day or night? Day. Morning or evening? Morning. Easy. I'm up at like four going to spin at five. Come on, Alicia. <laughs> Come on, Alicia. <laughs> I like to see the sun rise. Um, I do. Go, okay, here we go. Here we go. This, this will be the last question. Really help you to get to know her. Go out on a completely unexpected, spontaneous, risky, wild, romantic date. Or stay at home cuddled up with our dogs with a candle lit and get to bed by 7.30. That one. <laughs> Easy. That's my Easy. wife I for like, you, dude. I like cozy weather. I want I a like skydive. movie. Like hanging with my dogs. Let's go in know? a shark cage. No. <laughs> here's I'll, the cool thing about I'll my wife, though, is she's like, here's Corey, this will be our life. All the insane, crazy, life risking things you want to do, let's go do them. 
and I will be sitting right there to spectate. Yeah. <laughs> and if you die, I'll, I'll just have a front row seat to your death. <laughs> That's Amber for you. Amber, honestly, she sincerely has an incredible story that I think a lot of you don't know, and I think many of you would resonate with. So have your notes app open. Have your, your uh, notebooks open. Get ready to take some notes. Amber, what's the testimony and the life lesson you want to share with us? Yes, Bridget, listen up. Don't give up. When I was just thinking about what I would share, I felt like the Lord kept saying, share, don't give up, because that's something in my life that I've just stuck with. But I want you to remember this. If you're still breathing, God's still working. Great. Yeah. If you're still breathing, God is still working. If you're still breathing, God's still, still working. working. And so, Bridget, I want you to finish this. If you're still breathing. God's still working. If you're still breathing. God's still working. Okay, I want you to get this tonight. That if you're still breathing, God is still working. working. Right. Yeah, that's my life lesson. Cool. Um, share with us a bit of your story. Yeah, so um, I know some of you have heard a bit of my story. Um, so I'm kind of just going to go through little snippets of it. Um, because what God has done in my life has been, you know, pretty incredible. My story didn't start off um, ideal, and I don't think anyone's story starts off ideal, but God is a redeemer. God is incredible, and he comes in, and he takes the broken pieces of our story and makes it something beautiful, and so I just want to encourage you with that. So let me just share a little bit of my story. So I didn't grow up in church, um, and a lot of times when we don't know people's story, we can assume things like, you know, that's why I think it's important to share our stories and to ask others their stories because we assume things. Um, but I didn't grow up in church. Um, I grew up without a dad. I only, I've only met my biological father three times. So I never really had him in my life. Um, he was um, in jail most of my life. Um, my mom was dealing with a lot of addictions uh, with substance abuse. Um, which made us struggle a ton when I was growing up. My sister and I, who have the same mom, but different dads, but we're sisters, but we definitely have different dads, um, were almost taken away from my mom because of how bad it got. Um, I was abused as a young girl by someone who should have been protecting me. Um, and so just before seventh grade, this was kind of like my elementary years into like, Elementary for me went to sixth grade, so in junior high, everything sort of started to change for me. Um, so just before seventh grade, my mom went to church with my stepdad at the time, and she met Jesus. She got saved, and things began to change in our world. Like, we didn't own a home. We were going from place to place. There were people in our house that, like, I didn't even know, and that's why I said me and my sister were almost taken away because it was pretty bad, but when my mom met Jesus, she got clean, like cold turkey. She stopped doing drugs. She got her life together. Her and my stepdad started to build their life together. They um, ended up buying a home together. So my life started to get pretty stable in the beginning of junior high, which a lot of you in this room are J high. So that's when I started to see a little stability. And I knew that when my mom met Jesus, something changed. But she started asking me to go to church, and I was like, church is boring. So I didn't really like church at first. Like as a junior higher, I was like, this is boring. I don't like it. But I was missing. She didn't go to the bridge. I didn't go to the bridge. Yeah. I well, I went to a great church, but I just I it was a I got lost. I'm the I'm the, I was the type of person that got lost in the crowd, and so 
But I remember kind of for a year just being like, ah, church is whatever. Um, But there's something about Jesus because my mom's life has completely changed. And it's just, it's undeniable, like, that our lives are different. And so the summer before eighth grade, I had a genuine moment with God. And I walked up to an altar at Harvest Christian Fellowship with Greg Laurie. That's the church I got saved at. In Riverside, that movie, that um, Jesus Revolution, that, that pastor, his church is where I got saved. And I had my own moment. I felt like God spoke directly to me through the pastor. And I walked straight up there like the summer before eighth grade, and I just had my moment with God. And then it clicked. Okay, my mom had this moment with Jesus, and things changed. And then I was like, okay, like I just had this moment. Like this is incredible. But... I was very shy. So when I was younger, I was pretty shy. And so I didn't pursue community. I loved big crowds, especially like this. I would hide in the back. I'd be like, don't talk to me. Like, don't say hi to me. I would try to avoid any communication. And so to be honest, because of that, it held me back of what God wanted to do. And um, so I remember I just wasn't discipled. Like, I didn't know how to grow in the Lord. And so I I didn't have a Bible. I didn't read my Bible. I didn't talk to anyone. So because I didn't pursue community, that's why community is so important. And that's why I say Bridge Youth. This family is what's going to help you grow in the Lord. The leadership team here, the the people that are on this team that are serving, they are here to help you grow. And you're going to need it. And so um, anyways... I was invited by a friend to go to this youth group my senior year, and I was like, oh, she kept bugging me, and I was like, fine, I'll go. Um, I knew Jesus, but I wasn't growing in the Lord, but at this time. But I went to this youth group, and it was a much smaller youth group. I walked in, and there was like 25 people, and I'm like, oh, no. Uh, this 25? is so bad. That would have been a that night. Yeah, that maybe been that's a like the higher night. end of it. Maybe it was like 15 or 20. If we had 25 20. students in our youth group, we, like when we were kids, it <laughs> yeah. was like, dude. We're taking over Riverside, man. Revival is struck. You know, we yeah. probably the night you showed up was like 15, maybe 20 yeah, students. There, yeah. yeah, it was something like that. But it was a tiny youth group, and I was like, no, they're going to know my name. You know, so, but I knew that now I know God wanted me there because he wanted me to develop and grow. Yeah, great. And you do that within the context of community, places like this. You don't hide in the background. You go and you start to get to know people. You let them yeah. get to know you. And so um, I remember I got connected to the youth pastor and his wife, and then they bought me my first Bible. I got my first Bible at 17 years old. Wow. I did not have a Bible until I was 17. And I'm here, one of your pastors. Look what God has done. Yeah. Look what God right. has done. Don't miss it. Yeah. Look what he wants to do with you. He wants to do that in your life as well. And... Um, I know that not everybody shares the same story that I have or similar story, but I know some of you do. And you know what? When I opened that Bible, I started to grow in my faith. That's what changed it for me. I started to read God's word. And uh, I actually met Corey at this youth group. Mm-hmm. That's this where guy. I met Corey. That's where we met at our youth group. Yep. And um, we Who started dating. Maybe your future spouse is sitting in this yeah. room. <laughs> it's true. It definitely. We were seniors in high school, and that's but, we are married but, now. <laughs> junior high so, boys oh, just dapped ooh, each ooh, other up ooh, and started looking don't around. Say that. <laughs> that's hilarious. He said, they said "Really?" <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Uh, but Who yes, am I, I do. To deny what the Lord. Yep, can do? it's true. 
Who can deny just, what the Lord can do? We've been married for 14 years. Just wait at least on, your somebody. senior year in high school. <laughs> Shoot. We met at 17. But yes, so this is where, that's where I met Corey at that youth group where I started to grow yeah. and learn. And so I'm kind of moving quickly because I kind of want to get to a point with all of this. I'm just sharing snippets of my story. And I'd love to share more personally, one-on-one. Um, but Corey and I started dating, and we really wanted to make God the center of our relationship. We got married two and a half years later. We dated for two and a half years. And as soon as Corey and I got engaged, my mom and my stepdad at the time, who got their life together because of Jesus, they filed for divorce. So as I'm growing in the Lord, then my mom and my stepdad, the only stable relationship she had, she was filing for divorce. So it was just like kind of another hit. Um, so after that, Corey and I got married and into full-time ministry at 20 years old, 14 years ago. So three years into marriage, this is kind of what I want to share a little bit more about. Um, three years into our marriage and ministry, I had a major moment. I was in class. I was going to RCC Norco to finish up my degree. And um, I felt super sick. My heart was racing, and I could not get my heart to stop. And I was like, I'm dying. And I know it sounds kind of morbid and crazy, but I literally felt like I was having a heart attack or something was wrong with my heart and it wasn't stopping. And so I ended up going to the emergency room that day because I just felt like I couldn't get it to stop. And when I got to the emergency room, they did a bunch of tests. They took my blood work. They gave me fluids. They did all kinds of things. They did an echocardiogram. They did all kinds of things. And they said, everything looks great you definitely had a panic attack. And I was like, there is no way that was a panic attack. Like, I'm okay, but my heart isn't okay. Like, there's something physically wrong with my body. And so I just didn't believe it. Um, but after that, I began to spiral. After many more episodes, my doctor diagnosed me with general anxiety. And uh, it was a pretty low moment for me. And my doctor literally, because of my heart racing so much, I was laying in bed in the emergency room and my heart rate was at like 165 beats per minute. So it was like pretty bad. And my doctor would not let me leave without taking medication with me. Like, he was like, you have to take this. I'm like, I'm not taking it. And he's like, well, you can't leave until you take it. And I'm like, like not take it, take it, but like take it with me. Um, and so I left that day. From um, my doctor's office after I had followed up with a few different things and after she had diagnosed me, um, I left super defeated. And um, I actually felt really ashamed because we were youth pastors at the time and I was supposed to be praying for people, but I couldn't even like believe and trust God for myself and my own situation. Um, so honestly, I began to recluse, kind of step back. I wanted to just basically give up on everything. I was down and wanted to give up. Um, and yeah, I just remember feeling so defeated. Um, but there was a moment where I, I got home. I remember this moment. It was just like God reminding me that he was there. I was like, no person, no thing, no doctor, no one can give me comfort. Like I feel so hopeless. I don't have answers. I'm so confused. And I remember in that moment, um, I looked at my coffee table. I was sitting on, on my couch and my Bible was right there. And I grabbed it. I was crying because I was just so upset and I was so defeated and I felt so helpless. Um, but I grabbed it and I had a moment where I just said, God, help me. Like, I have nothing else. Like, I have nothing else right now. I, I have no hope. Like, give me something. And you know what the Lord did in that moment? 
The Lord met me in my deepest, darkest moment, which was that moment. I've never had a deeper, darker moment in my life. Um, and he gave me a verse when I wanted to give up because of how bad I felt. So, yeah, God met me in that moment and uh, gave me a verse. So. Thank you for being so transparent and yeah. vulnerable with everybody. I, I remember a lot of the that season, like, the for me, like, it was my my toughest season as a husband because, like, everything in you as a husband needs to be like, well, I'm, I'm the one that should protect and I'm the one that should provide and I'm the one that should fix things. And, and if you know me, you know I'm about the chillest person you'll ever meet in the whole world. When Amber and I uh, got in a car accident, we got rear-ended on the freeway we came to a screeching halt and the person behind us hit us probably going 40, 45 miles an hour, which just feels like, you know, uh, it was a small pickup truck that hit us, felt like a semi hit us, threw us into the sidewall, um, into the center divider. We came back. I'm like Vin Diesel all over the place, you know. But what happened in the moment was like, we slammed on the brakes and my first thought was, well, I should look in my mirror because probably the person behind us can hit us. So I look in the mirror. I was like, yeah, they're definitely going to run into us. This, this all goes through my head in, like, half a second. Should I tell Amber? Nah, because I heard somewhere that if you tighten up or tense up, it makes it worse. So I'm not going to tell her. But I'm going to turn the wheel to the left so that I don't slam into the car in front of me. So when they hit us, we flew out to the left. That's why we hit the center divider. All this good. We come to a screeching halt. I look over. Amber's, <laughs> she's crying. I was mad, but panic, I was crying because I was freaking mad, out. All of it, right? All of it. I'm like, babe, are you okay? She's like, yeah. And I'm like, okay, like, are, you know, nothing's broken. You're good. She's like, I'm okay. Okay, I'm like, all right. High five. I was like, I'm not high-fiving like, you. put your mm -mm. hand down. Nope. I was like, babe, not only are we walking away from our first car accident, yeah. we're driving away because Volkswagen, baby, German engineering. Volkswagens are pretty, <laughs> yeah. She high-fives me all salty. And, like, I didn't for a second feel panicked at all. I said, hey, you know, wait in the car. I'll go check and make sure that they're okay. Like, I don't know. Sincerely, I don't, I cannot recollect a single moment in my life where I truly experienced anything like a panic attack. And so when I tell you, in this season of our marriage, I never felt more helpless as a husband. Because I'd see my wife sitting, laying on the couch, bawling her eyes out, clutching her Bible, knowing there's nothing I can do for you but pray because I cannot relate to what you're experiencing whatsoever. And it really was this moment where I had to go to the Lord and I had to say, before she was ever my wife, she is your daughter. Yeah. So, so I leave her in your hands. And we share with us um, that God, the Lord met you in your deepest, darkest moments. What helped you through those dark moments as the band heads up? Yeah, so the Lord gave me a verse. I opened my Bible and he took me to Isaiah 43 too. And um, the verse says this, when you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. And you can understand, that's why I had to take you like to that deep, 
dark moment as much as I could. Like, you, I, you could never understand where I was. But I know it's very somber right now. I needed you to get there because you have to know, like, that verse just lined up with what I felt. I felt like I was drowning. I felt like I was just going through so much difficulty. I felt like I was drowning. I felt like I couldn't keep walking. But God met me with exactly what I needed. And that word from God changed everything for me. Everything. And so... I just want to I just want to speak to the person that maybe feels like you're at the lowest moment in your life and I know that's not everybody. I know that's not everybody. But I know that there are with a room this size there are people that feel like maybe they're at one of their lowest moments in life or they're in a tough season, a difficult season where you feel like you can't catch your breath, you feel like you're drowning and you're ready to give up. And so tonight, the way that the Lord challenged me I want to challenge you with the same thing. And you notice how I said challenge. Not encourage, but challenge. Because it's going to take you grit to turn to the Lord and to walk with him. And so if you're there, I want to challenge you tonight. Have you called out to God? At the end of myself, I said, God, I have nothing else. But God, I need you. I need something from you. I turn to him. And so have you called out to God? I think sometimes we sit in those deep, dark moments of our life, and we just stay there, and we feel sorry for ourselves. And mm. yes, we can have moments of sorrow. We can have moments of frustration and hurt and, and feeling down, but we need to get back up. Yeah. And so I want to encourage you um, to ask God for a word. Ask him for hope, because the God that met me will meet you as well. Amen. Have you opened your Bible? Have you opened your Bible? When we forget to read God's word, we're forgetting to listen to God. He's written his word that speaks to us in any moment of any day, of any season. His word is always there, but how much do we neglect it? And I'm not just saying you, I'm saying me too. Like there's moments where I'm like, not just in my bad seasons, but in my good seasons, in my in-between seasons, Am I opening his word? Am I listening to him? Am I getting the hope I need? Am I preparing for what's next, what God wants to do? And so I just want to encourage you, have you called out to God? God's word is living hope. What Jesus did on the cross is living hope for us. That when we're in our deepest, darkest moments, we can get back up because of him. We can get back up because he will restore us. And I'm living proof of that. Like you see me have moments here at youth and maybe come up and do transition moments or we connect after service and maybe you assumed a lot about me and and didn't really know my story. Well, now you know, I've been through some stuff and I know you have too. And if you haven't been through some stuff, you will one day and you're gonna need the hope that I grabbed a hold of. You're gonna need God. And we don't just need him in the moments that are hard, but we need to... Those moments that are hard where we grasp God, it prepares us for the moments where it, lets, it, it like puts you in a place when you're in that hard space and you find God and you hold on to the hope that he's given, that in the high moments, you're so grateful. I feel like the people who are most grateful are the ones who have been hurt the most, who have been in the deepest, darkest moments because they realize how grateful it is to have breath in our lungs to have a bed to sleep in, to have a hot shower, to have life. So don't be discouraged when you're in your lowest moment and you're learning to be grateful for the moments, the good moments, and give glory to God for that. Don't take credit for the good things because if it's not good, 
then God's not finished. If it's not good, then God is not finished. And so since all of that, I've said yes to many things that brought me fear, but I chose freedom instead of fear because God said go. So whenever God tells me to do something, if I'm afraid, I'm going to say yes because God's told me and I'm going to do it no matter what. I'm going to walk towards him and not away from him. And so I want to remind you of what I started with. Don't give up. I've had to tell myself this, to not give up. Because if you're still breathing, which you all are because you're in this room, you wouldn't have life without breath. God's still working. One of the things that I admire about you most, babe, is that you, you know, and maybe this is why I'm so stuck on this so much because I see it in you. you. You've not... not like shriveled up and just become some victim that allowed their circumstance to control her like you know in every way like cheesy way to say it you're a beast you're a beast like you push through so much and we have friends who in close to the same season walk through what you walk through and these are these are people who quit their jobs recluse went home and have really not for the most part, basically not come out of their room for the past decade. But you've pushed through everything. I remember at one point saying, I don't know that I could ever get on a plane ever again because of how intense your panic attacks were. I remember being in Tampa uh, at a youth pastor's conference and you having a panic, panic attack in the mall and then, you know, us jamming out of the mall, you know, and we actually left the mall and went straight to the airport and flew home because it was time to go home. And our friends were like, "Where? Texas? Where'd you guys go?" We Wyatt like, was there. California. Oh yeah, <laughs> Wyatt was I there. I said, "Texas? Goodbye. Where'd you guys go?" We said, "Back home." They're like, "To California?" Like, yeah. <laughs> but like, you've not let your circumstance get the victory. You've pushed through. And the woman who once said, "Yeah, I'm not. I'll never get on a plane again." You just heard we went to Hawaii. Went to the UK twice. We flew to Tampa. We've been all over the place, all over the world. The amount of times that, like, I'll have a preaching engagement that we have to go fly to. And, yeah, sometimes she's like, oh, I hate the airport. This is the worst. But she doesn't. She steps in. Look, there's things in your life and there's things in your faith that's it's going to scare you. Just do it scared. Just do it fear. With, with, with the fear, choose faith instead of the fear and just step into it. Because then what will happen is God will meet you. You'll realize he's faithful like Amber did. And on the other side of it, that mess will become a message. And that test will become a testimony. God will prove himself faithful. And then you'll be able to tell everybody else how he's faithful. And then your anxiety won't be as powerful as it was. Your fear won't be as powerful as it was. Your worry won't be as powerful as it was. Because you, in faith and courage, said, yes, I feel scared. I'm going to step into it anyways do it. And I've always respected you for doing that. What do you want to leave us with? Just the way I started, don't give up. Because if I gave up, I would not be sitting here sharing my story. Yep. God, I I don't want to think about what could have been missed with me giving up. God will make it happen. But what my life would be like, my life flourishes because I I trust him through the fear, through the anxiety, and I choose to not live in fear and trapped. You think, you think when you pull back, you're like, oh, I'm comfortable now. No, you're in a trap. Yeah. 
You're literally in a trap. If you let fear determine where you walk, who you talk to, what you do, where you go in life, you are trapped in your own prison. And God wants you in freedom. And in freedom, it comes with having a bit of courage. So Bridge Youth, I'm calling you to step up and have courage. Have courage. Don't give up. Don't pull back. Don't let the enemy win. Don't let the enemy trap you. Don't trap yourself by living in fear. And maybe you don't need this right now, but you might need it one day. So put it in your pocket and let God use it later. So I just wanna finish with how I started. Don't give up. If you're still breathing, God's still working. And if it's not good, God's not done. Yeah. That's so good. We're gonna have a moment where we pray for anybody who's walking through some stuff that needs the faith that God's still working. But everything for Amber, everything for me, everything for everybody in this whole series, it all changed and shifted when we said, I'm gonna relinquish my life into your hands, God. I wanna give you my life. And some of you have never done that. So you're gonna get the opportunity to do that right now. Would you bow your heads? Would you close your eyes? God, I pray for every single person in this room that hearts would be softened, no matter how, how deep and dark the season they're in right now is. God, that they would turn to you. You're the light of the world. If we're in darkness, the best thing we could do is turn towards the light. That's you, Jesus. So I pray that would be happening in every heart right here, right now. If you're in this place with heads bowed and eyes closed, then you would say, I wanna give my life to Jesus. I want, I want the hope that you guys have. I want that courage that Pastor Amber is talking about. I want, I want even in the midst of the hardship and the trial, I want what Kai was talking about. I want to commit. I want to stop living one foot in, one foot out. I want to give God my all. If that's you, I want to, I want to invite you to step into this moment, to give your life to Christ by doing something so simple. I'm going to count to three. I just want you to lift your hand and you can put it right back down. This is your moment. This is your time. Mine was freshman year in high school. Amber's was, was in junior high. This is your moment. When I get to three, heads bowed, eyes closed. You lift your hand, put it right back down. We want to give, you want to give your life to Jesus. Here we go. One, two, three, go. All over this place. Put it right back down. We start this journey with, with words that we say with our mouth, that we believe in our heart. It's called prayer. So would everybody just repeat right after me, say this. Say, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner, but I know you're a savior. Jesus, I believe that you died for my sins and you rose from the dead. So tonight, I give you my heart. I give you my life. I give you my struggles. I give you everything. Tonight, I'm going all in. I'm committing to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, can we welcome people into God's family right now? As our prayer teams are getting ready, um, I can't help but to think that there's many of you who resonate with Amber's story. And so here's what I want to do. I want to invite you, nobody distract anybody. Would you stand to your feet? If you want prayer, either side of this room, there's prayer teams ready to pray for you. You could go straight there. If you guys, the rest of you, why don't you start heading up to the front right now? Because we're going to say a corporate prayer over you. These prayer stations are open. You can head there right now. Those prayer teams are ready to start praying for you. But here's what I, here's what I want to pray. I know Amber's got some stuff on her heart. But I want to pray this like, 
supernatural like strength and courage over you. Because when you start reading statistics, especially post-COVID, the statistics of depression, anxiety, and mental health issues are through the roof. And for some of you, what it will take is in faith, choosing to not fall victim to those things and choosing to be a conqueror over them. So I want to invite Amber to pray a prayer over each and every one of us, that as we do what Kai did, we step in, we commit, that if there's anything anything in us that's holding us back, any fear, any anxiety, depression, even things that you know about yourself, the sin that you know that you struggle with that's behind you, that's holding you back, that Amber is going to pray for those chains to be broken. And as we move into a time of worship, the prayer stations will be open. You can go get prayer. If you just want to write your prayer down, put it on the fence, you can do that too. But I believe this is a moment where chains will be broken and freedom's going to come over some of you guys that have never had freedom. So would you do this? Would you just close your eyes? Put your hands right in front, in front of you like you're receiving something from God as Pastor Amber prays. Father, I thank you for every student in this room. God, I pray that um, you would just meet them in a unique way, God, in an individual way. God, you know them by name. And so, Father, I pray that they would have their moment, God. They would have a moment with you and that it wouldn't just be a thing where it's like God is here, but God, your manifest presence, God, that your, they would feel your presence in a tangible way, in a real way, God. The moment that I had with you where I saw my Bible on the, co uh, on the coffee table, God, and that life-giving word that you gave, God, I pray that you would give life-giving words tonight, God, and that it would change the direction of where they were going. And Father God, I just pray against anyone who feels trapped by fear. God, I pray that they can see my life and know that you don't have to be trapped by fear, but they can be free because they trust you. Father, I pray that they would grow in trusting you, God, that they would say it even if they don't believe it, that they trust God. I pray that that would be the cry of their heart, that they trust you and that they believe you. And Father, that that would set them free from the fear that controls and traps us. God, I pray that you would just do a work, God, that no man can do, no woman can do. God, only what you can do in their hearts and in their minds. God, that you would bring strength. You say in Philippians 4 that we can do all things in Christ who gives us strength. And that's not for good moments. That's when we're in the hard moments. God, you give us strength when we put our trust in you. So, Father, I pray that you would give us, give us strength, give us courage tonight to trust you and to believe that you are good. And if the situation is not good, then you're not done. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Hey, can you join me in thanking Pastor Amber tonight? Hey, these prayer stations are open. Let's have a moment of just worshiping God for all he's done and what he's spoken in your heart tonight.
this place can we lift our hands and surrender to Jesus tonight and all he's done for us tonight let's make a decision to put our trust in him let's seek after him tonight come on we sing this out sing I sought the Lord here we go
herself off that she reclused and there is a story in Judges 6 where it talks about the Israelites and the they had so much pressure from the Midianites that it says in Judges 6 2 the Midianites were so cruel that the Israelites made hiding places for themselves in the mountains caves and the strongholds and if you get the picture of this the Midianites were so cruel and there was so much pressure on them that Israel themselves hid. They hid themselves away. And I think that sometimes when we go through hard things in life, we do that to ourselves. And the Bible says that the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but the enemy doesn't have to try very hard when he puts enough pressure on you that you submit yourself. And I've been there before, I get it. And I've hidden and I've tried to run away but Rajiv, later on in this story, it says 
that this persecution was so bad that the Midianites had reduced the Israelites to starvation. There was nothing left. And sometimes our spiritual fights can feel like that. We feel like we have nothing left. We have nothing left to give. But do you know what the Israelites did? In the caves, they cried out to God. They cried out to God. And that is where your help is because when you put yourself in that cave, guess what, Bridge Youth? We have a God and we have a Lord who overcome the cave. He was in the cave for three days. Three days and then he was risen. And I stand here, Bridge Youth, because I say, stop hiding. Do not give up because if you stay in that cave long enough, it turns into a tomb. And that is not meant for you. We have a God who was risen and we have a Lord who is calling you to step onto higher places, onto a firm foundation. God entered the cave and he said, Lazarus, come out of the cave and Lazarus was alive. Bridge Youth, the Lord is calling you to live today. Get up. Do not give up, stand up and stop hiding. There are some of you today that made that decision and that is the best thing you will ever do in your life. You finally decided, I can't do this and I'm gonna come out of the cave. Bridget, can we just give a round of applause to the people who have entered into this family? We believe in you guys at Bridge Youth and this is something we never want you to do alone. So if you made that decision tonight, we wanna walk every step out with you. We have a resource called The Next Seven Days and you guys can feel free to DM us on our Bridge Youth Instagram. It is bridgeyth underscore. Just DM us the words next seven and we will get you plugged in with a series of videos that Pastor Corey has put together so we can walk this out with you. Bridge Youth, we are so proud of you and we love you guys so awesome. Can we just give it up one more time? And if you guys liked what you see tonight and you're only come on, coming on Wednesdays, this is only half of the party. We also have Bridge Youth on Sundays where we gather with our connect group. So if you haven't joined us or you're part of a connect group, please come join us. We would love to see you guys there. So Bridge Youth, let's do it one more time. Let's worship. Oh yeah, come on, let's get that energy up, guys, come on. We got so many reasons to praise, we got so many reasons to be joyful. Keep those hands together, let's go. Salvation sounds a new
pretty.